one of the best in the world at what I do. I was I was doing my tours with musicians and artists and cutting people for 250 euro a haircut and it was just everything I could have done, I'd done it. And I was just, well, what now? I bring my equipment over and I cut like five or six guys and I charge them five quid per haircut. And all of a sudden it'd be like, hey, we're going out tonight, Mark, come over to the house and style our hair and cut our hair. And I'd go from five people to six, seven, eight, nine, ten. All of a sudden I was making 70, 80 euro per night, going out and getting jacked up, going back and the next day and doing it again. And I was doing 16 hours a day. I was waking up in the barbershop, going out to the gym, washing myself. And then I'd go and, and cut hair for the day, go to the gym again and wash myself, and then go to bed. And that was it. And all of a sudden, I went from $1,500 the first week, that was only like six haircuts, to about five, six grand a week I was making inside a three-week period. Pegged me back to square one, I'm back in Ireland. What the fuck am I going to do? I was depressed for like two weeks, and I was like, oh, I'll do it again. Hi, I'm Lily. And I'm Dan. We are The Loaded. I was about to try and start differently, but no, no, all I can all I can it. all I can hear in my head is Dan Dan Dan. Hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm good. This is our penultimate episode. Say that again. Penultimate. Not bad. Is that how you say it? That's a good I word. I don't I like know. It. I'm not going to try. It's episode 19 of 20. 19 of 20. Pretty impressive. How did we great. last? Uh, I have no idea. Coffee. Have we grown? Uh, well, a couple of inches. Expe- <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything after that. <laughs> it's, it's too early. I know the coffee's kicking in right now. I know, now. the coffee. The coffee's got to kick in. So who do we have in the studio today? We have someone actually who producer Ryan recommended. I believe there's a story that you guys met um, on an event well, a year ago or a couple of years ago, maybe. Um, but we have Mark Gay in the studio today. What's happening, guys? Nice oh, to meet you welcome, guys. Welcome, welcome. Nice to meet you. How are you? Very good. And yourselves? Good. Very good. Very good. So do we start with the story of how they met or do we start with who is Mark? I think let's go for who is Mark, I guess. All right. Yeah. That's a very broad question. (laughs) It is, actually. I could have went and segued into it later on. Depends on who you're asking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, So who am I? I'm a barber. I'm a 28-year-old barber from Ireland. um, And I suppose I started out cutting hair at an early age because I wanted a good haircut. I think everybody wants a good and haircut And everyone at some point. did bad haircuts. And everyone did bad haircuts. You know, nobody had that hold, hold barber. On. What's a bad haircut? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking um, at you right now, Lele. I know, don't. Like, <laughs> there I was swear. a conversation at the start yeah. about a bad haircut, but we're not going to point fingers around here. Yeah, me, basically. <laughs> I'm not trying to pick up any extra work, you know. <laughs> but um, I suppose people are walking around with haircuts where it just didn't seem to do what they wanted it to do. You could see the look they were going for, but they just couldn't achieve it yeah. and there was never this one barbershop that people want to go to where it was a bit more than just a barbershop it was just go in get your hair cut your mother brings you in by by the hand yep get your hair cut bowl right, cut get into the car that's it that was that was the experience that it was i just wanted to not have that i didn't mm. like going to it and like being told what to do I acted out a small bit when i was younger so i just started cutting my own hair I remember literally kid, I, cutting your own hair. I had to, and I, when I realized I was doing a better job than what the guys <laughs> were doing, who were supposedly barbers, I was like, "Hmm, I could be onto something how, here." How old were you when you cut your hair? Uh, fourteen. No so way. And you said you actually did a good job. It, like good for then. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 was I, mean, say, I couldn't see the back of my head. So <laughs> I remember cutting my hair as a kid, and my mum went crazy, and she literally dragged me into like barber kicking and screaming because I made a complete mess of it. I think we've all done. I did the really front of the hair. Oh, you did the fringe thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Horrendous bangs, horrendous. Yeah. They weren't bangs, man. There was nothing left. It was banged up. It was banged <laughs> up, big time, big time. 
Big time. Crazy. So yeah, so back to it. So you cut your own hair and it worked well. It worked decently well. And um, after a while, I remember I remember I started going to school and guys were like, who cut your hair? And like, this was a bad haircut. This was a bad haircut, but it was a good bad haircut. Okay. But the guy started saying like, hey, who cut your hair? Like, I want to go there. And I'd be like, ah, oh, some guy in town, you know, he's good. Because I was kind of embarrassed that I was doing it. And um, after a while, they're like, hey, let's go to the barbers together. Like, you know, I'm going to get the hair. I was like, look, mate, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. So because uh, my name is Mark Gay, I didn't want to be known as the gay hairdresser. Dudes have picked me over enough yeah, things no. when I was younger growing yeah. up. And I was like, yeah. I'm not giving them extra fuel to the fire. Mm. So I kind of like, hit it for a while. And then back then, like, barbering wasn't a cool thing. So, like, you didn't want to be known not as... For, yeah, not yeah. for... Well, that's it, especially for a guy. Like, you know, it was yeah. like you said, like, they're very stereotypical and there's cliches and, you know, yep. whatever. It wasn't cool or trendy not at, all. at that point. Well, no, they used to pick on you. Like, it's, you know, having the, the hairdresser car, which was the convertible and this, that, and the, the other. Audi TT. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the one. That was, it was always the so race, yeah, like, no, a hairdresser no, car. I get that. Yeah, exactly. And, and as well as that, it was the whole thing of, like, you have to understand Barbara and Russell Cool and I come from rural, rural Ireland. Like I'm in the you sticks. Have to be tough. I'm in the sticks. And if you said you were into hair back then, it was like, oh, get a real job. You know, if mm. Even like the mention of anything to do with hair was like frowned upon to go down that route, especially if you're in school. Yep. Everyone's shooting for colleges and stuff like that. So for me, it was just a hobby. So I was like, I'm just cutting my mate's hair. It's a bit of fun. And that kind of happened for about four years up until I got to how, how big a clientele did you end up having with your mates you see I was really well I, I was a jack the lad in school jack. so I was like I was bold I was fighting I was a good footballer I was like one of those dudes you know what I mean yeah. and uh, I got on well with everyone I was a really social guy and uh, to my detriment later on I was, I was friends with everybody but not really friends with everybody at the mm. same time yeah. and after a while when I got to like college time I just kind of picked a college degree to go and do for the sake of doing it and um, I was like, I really don't like this. What was the college degree? Uh, university type thing. Yeah. So I, w- I went to do um, digital marketing. Okay. In college, right? And I just didn't like it because how I was being, the stuff that we're learning was like um, written media, stuff like that. And I was like, what about social media? What yeah. About this is just kicking off back then. 10 yeah. years ago, I was like, who gives oh a God, fuck about child. newspapers? Yeah. Who gives a fuck about like billboards? It's not going to be around in a couple of years. So I seen that and I was like, this is not for me. Okay. And as well as that, I was just like, I like partying too much. So I was partying, I was going out, I was getting fucked up, I was taking drugs, I was living that life in college, and I quite liked that. And um, I remember at the, around this time that the recession happened. My dad lost his job, okay. everything happened, so I was like... So this is what, 2008? This is 2008, 2009, yeah. yeah. It really started kind of coming into play yeah. in Ireland, 2009, 2010. Yeah. And... Um, I was like, shit, I'm only living off of like 15, 20 euros per week from yeah, a Yeah, because Ireland got hit hard by that. Mate, murked. Yeah. Got murked. Wow. Badly. <laughs> I was like, like, what does that mean? <laughs> 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 subtitles. It got murdered. Absolutely got murdered, yeah. So I remember being in college being like, right, if I'm going to stay doing this, I need to start charging. I wasn't charging for my haircuts back then. Mm. It, was just like, it was just fun. I was just like experimenting with it. And I was sleeping on my mate's couch, living off of 15 euros per week. Wow. And it's like, shit, something has to give here. And it's like, I'm going to have to start charging the guys. So when we'd start going out to like parties and we're getting ready to go out the night bef- uh, for, the, for our night out, I'd bring my equipment over and I'd cut like five or six guys and I'd charge them five quid per, per haircut. Got you. And all of a sudden it'd be like, hey, we're going out tonight, Mark. Come over to the house and yeah. style our hair and cut our hair. And I'd go from five people to six, seven, eight, nine, ten. All of a sudden I was making 70, 80 euro per night, going out and getting jacked wow. up and going back in the next day and doing it again. <laughs> right? So I was like, this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm making money and going out. People are inviting me all over the place. This is brilliant. I like that. And then it became a thing of, 
I'm, how far can I go with this? You know, I'm actually kind of making 120, 150, 200 euro like per day. Yeah. Because I just I got into like machine mode of like this is paying me now. And it's a hobby, and now all of a sudden it's paying me. And you've turned it into a business. It's something but, you enjoyed into yeah. a business. But just one thing: how did you? Like, it's one thing to start just cutting. It's another thing to actually be able to style people and to be able to use the equipment right and to know what to yeah. get. How did you get that going? I fucked up a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, just, I've just got visions of this, like, village in Ireland. There's, like, it's like Edward Scissorhands. It There's, was like, all these exactly random haircuts. It was, like, this, like, back, you know, back alley barber. <laughs> so it was. But at the time, YouTube was kicking off. And of course, like the US and UK are always streets ahead and years ahead of like what was happening. So yeah. whatever I was learning from YouTube, I was going home and I started to study it. Okay. And wow. I, I was dropped out of college at this point, cutting hair from my friends' houses and just like living out of my car and stuff like that. And um, <laughs> it's, it's mad, like looking back at it now. But I realized that if I start putting some effort towards this thing that I like, that's now paying me and it's helping me support me and my family, how far can I go with it? Mm. Yeah. And I st- was still messing around and, and, and fucking around with, with different things and... I, start, I took on a job in sales, and it's what actually changed my mind on it. Um, I took on a job in sales at Amnesty International. One of the guys who stand on the street. Okay, I, yeah, yeah. I'll talk to you for a second. Yeah, get your bank details. Yeah. I get your pay oh. monthly. Yeah. I was that guy. Okay. <laughs> and I, I realized very fast that um, I was quite good at sales and talking to people. Got you. So I turned it into chatting up birds in the street. And um, <laughs> I can kind of see where this is going. <laughs> and I was like, you know I'm what? Loving this. I'm going to start cutting girls' hairs as well. Got yeah. So I start. I got very good at chatting up these birds in the street. And um, the the deal was, if you got off the street, if you if you signed up three people, you could be off the street whatever time you wanted, and you got your basic pay plus uh, basic pay plus bonuses. Got yeah. So I would start at nine o'clock, be off the street by twelve o'clock, and no I was to do whatever the fuck I wanted, <laughs> whatever I wanted. So I used to call into barber shops. Used to call into hairdressers. I used to just go and sit there in the line and watch these like talented people because I used to travel around Ireland watching these barber shops cut hair. I was watching these hairdressers cut hair, and I started figuring out from doing these tours who the good hairdressers were and what they were doing differently. Than so the you other would ones. just randomly go sit inside a barber. Yeah. And no one said to oh, you. Oh, my phone's ringing. Uh, I have to. I can't. T- t- I'll be back in a bit. No way. Good for you. And eventually. Um, one guy had seen me. I'd been there like a month before and I came back. I was in Tralee in, in, in Ireland, the south of Ireland. And the guy recognised me. He goes, you keep coming and doing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, what are you doing? What's like, your gig, Are man? you actually yeah. going to have like a haircut or like, what are you doing? Yeah, he's like, but you always have a haircut coming in there. So I'm trying to put two and two together. He's like, you're into hair or something. I was like, yeah, I am. I was like, I've seen you're a good barber and I just wanted to like, kind of watch you cut hair. Sorry for like, you know, I should have said something before. And he was yeah. like, are you any good? I was like, I think I'm okay. I started, he was, how about you cut hair over the weekend then? No so way. Like, awesome. So I was like, all right, let's just start. So I did that and he was like, you're really good. So I was like, cool. I didn't really know that. <laughs> wow. And that was, that, the was first time, that, that was the first time anyone like validated that you were actually good at what yeah. you did. Because everyone thinks that when you have to, if you have a degree in something or if you are qualified at something, you have to have some piece of paper. Yeah. Mm. So that's what I was chasing. I was chasing the validation from my parents being like, not a barber what are you doing go get a different job you yeah be a barber like especially coming from Ireland like you said exactly. yeah. yeah so um I went and did I told my parents remember like hey look, I'm quitting this job that was paying me really good money the company all this good stuff going for me with this the sales job with Amnesty and I said like, I'm going at this barbering thing and I they're like, like what, what, what did they say about that like, this barbering thing <laughs> they're like what yeah so um I, I remember like just I opened up a place I went straight into open my own place uh, at like 19 in the village where I grew up from directly oh, across the road from wait, 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 rewind, rewind. 
Two seconds ago, a guy gives you a chance in his shop. Working at the weekend. Working at the weekend. And three seconds later, you've opened up your own place. About two months later. Wow. Yeah. Okay, talk me through that. Because uh, so that takes balls. It does take balls. It does. But I realized um, that I had nothing to lose. I had nothing to lose at all. And I was always this, um, I had always this crazy self-confidence in myself. I was, I just, was unshakable. Mm. I was never naturally gifted at anything. Right, there's yeah. just one thing about me. I was never, ever. I was never the guy who picked up something. And was like, oh, he's naturally. You should do that more. I was the guy who was worse at it. Yeah. <laughs> if we all started trying to play a game here now that none of us would have, have played before, you would all be better than me in it. Simple okay. as. But I just had this thing of like, I'm gonna outwork these guys. Where do you think you get that from? I have no idea. Hmm. I have no idea. It's gotta be natural. No. I think. No. Really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you seem to be doing all right now. Really, really bad. I was just really bad at things. I don't know what it was. Uh, but I had but this is it is it is it a can do attitude? Is it a what's the worst that's going to happen attitude? Well, if you could, if you could, it was like, would I rather live with not trying it or mm. live with the regret of, you know, of going at this and I'm failing? You know what I mean? Because people have this whole thing of like. I won't do it in case I fail. Mm. Yeah, people are scared of failure. I just exactly. read an article about this. Did you read well, that? Yeah, literally today. Oh. People are so so afraid of it. Yeah. And you don't realise that like what's beyond that, that edge of failure, when you cross over that threshold, is freedom. Mm. It's beautiful. Wow. It's so beautiful. Because like, you're flying by the seat of your trousers and you're just like, whoa, I'm out here now. Yeah. Well, it's, it's that age old thing. New. It's like, hold on. So what you I always say to people, I go, so what you're telling me is you're going to let your fear get in the way of your happiness are many, you pe many people do though they do but when you when you frame it that way they're like oh shit when you put it that way yeah people are looking at that, that, that. you know but anyway yeah we'll back it's, to you it's got, i think so fear is a massive part of it so after two months you opened your own opened up your own shop yeah what made you decide to do it i i knew i could do it okay uh, and not just that i knew because of the name i kind of built around the area like i was I was a guy that people liked around the area. Mm. Yeah. I did all the things that people liked in that area to fit in. And then I was the kind of cool young barber because barbers weren't cool or young, you know? No, they weren't. Well, that's the they? thing. Is that, again, like we talked about this earlier, like they were quite functional. It's like you yeah. went there just to get a yeah. haircut, but Absolutely. now it's become it's, a thing. It's, it's a an experience. It's a scale. Yeah. It's a brand, isn't it? You know, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, when I opened the barber shop, I, um, I remember just like opening up and I had a, an A4 page of a sign outside the door. Okay, <laughs> what was right? the sign of? It was like MG Barbers. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was, all it said. That was my sign. And I put, I put in what was now, it's very funny, like a, a very small scale version of your modern barbershops. I was like, if I'm going to be sitting in this fucking place for multiple hours per day, let's say I have my quiet days, yeah. what am I going to do? So I put big, big speakers in it and I put graffiti on the walls and I put a PlayStation or Xbox in there. Yeah. And I had like FIFA tournaments on during the day and stuff like that. And like people would start coming in out of the barbershop just to have the experience. So I was yeah. like, I'll just get a little fridge and I'll put some cans of Coke and water and stuff like for them. And then when the older guys come in, I'll just give them some beers. Yeah. But I didn't realize that this was already a thing in the US. Oh. So I was kind of harboring this little small thing in little ass Ireland and this small street. <laughs> like if you blink on through the street, like you missed you it. Missed it. it. That's yeah. what it was. So I, I, I was like, you know what, this is really good. And, and I started building up a clientele. But I wasn't disciplined enough for myself. Was I, it all ages? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was only back in Ireland um, a week ago. Okay. And I bumped into some of my very first clients. Older guys, really, really like in their 80s, used to come to me. Wow. Yeah. And it, they didn't recognize them, but 
I recognized them as some of my very first clients. Oh my! So I like, bought them some, bought some guys some the, their drinks, and they're like, "Why are you doing this?" And like, you don't remember me, but I remember. I remember you. you. Yeah. yeah, I'm actually paying you back the drink. Yeah, like, fucked up your hair. It's <laughs> 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 like it's a guilty one I'm buying you. <laughs> so you're even now. Yeah, we're even. So um, yeah, a- after a while, I realized that I was, I was getting very good at. It. Well, mm-hmm. I was wasn't disciplined enough. I was young and I was werewolf, and all of a sudden I went from being broke as a joke sleeping on my, my dude's couches to like seven, eight hundred, nine hundred thousand euros per week. So what do you what do you do as, as, like that as a kid? Yeah. You, go, mm. you get fucked up. Mm. And you start buying stupid things. Yeah. And you start going, being reckless again. So um, <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm going to draw a line underneath this because I'm going to end up doing damage to myself here on what I'm trying to build because I know how, how great I can be and this is not a true interpretation of mm. what that is. So I'd rather just like take the L on this now and go and work with somebody who has real you know, business cogs in them, so I can learn from them, and I, I chopped it off, within a year, the first year I've opened the business, even though I was making money hand over fist, I was like, I can't do this, so I chopped it off, because I wasn't ready for it, Yeah. and uh, I was having too much success too too soon, I was going to go down a completely different road, and I was like, no, it's it not It takes a lot of maturity to do that, you know, it takes a lot of maturity to stop and go, hmm. Because there's so many, there's so many kids that's you know the youth, sorry, that come out and they're like, oh, I don't need to work for anyone. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And, you know, I can run my own business and all of that. And they look at you know the older going, oh, you know, it's you don't need to go and work for someone and build your way up and whatever. Mm. And there, there's a great truth in that as well. But there's a great truth in learning, and being able to you know you can run your own business. Anyone can run a business. Yeah. But to run a great business, you know, or to something that becomes a legacy is a different story. But also that success is kind of addictive as well. Like you you can pay your rent, you can pay your bills. Like you said, you struggled earlier on in the career. Mm. And and to have that then and to be able to actually, you know, to kind of take that brave and bold step to be able to be like, right, okay, this is actually not working the way that I want it to work. Um, Yeah, pretty bold. Yeah, I I was. But you know what? I I always listened to myself. I was always very in in tune with myself. And when when I was younger... I had this kind of like, not an epiphany, but I realized it could be anything. Okay. Right. And it was this whole like thing of like, whoa, you can actually do anything you want. And it sounds really kind of crazy when you say it out loud, nope. but I realized I could, because I was having like these really bad starts at everything. And because I was able to work my way around to be like relatively high standard or, or overachieving and whatever it was yeah. that I was doing is like, what do you want to be? Mm. And how do you want to be when you are there? Yeah, you know, wasn't just like, do you want to be a footballer? Do you want to be this? Do you want to be that? Because I've kind of went any of those lanes, even though I wasn't really good at football at all. <laughs> but I felt like in my head, if I want to be, it, I can be it. Yeah, it was not yeah. a question of if, if, if it's going to happen because you'll make it happen. Exactly. Mm. So when I came to shutting down the business, I realized that um, this is for my personal growth. This yeah. is just a level that I'm not ready for this right now. And if I start up too fast, I'm going to fall from grace, and it's not going to be pretty. So. I chopped off the business and I went working for other guys and I brought in my clientele into a much bigger town in Ireland. About 50,000 people live in this town. <laughs> much bigger. <laughs> right? It's like half the population of the Greens. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about Ireland, okay? Yeah. Small pond, far away. <laughs> so I, I went working in there for a while and that was like a, a much bigger pond for me to feed into and people were more creative there. People like wanted to get these different haircuts and I was the only young guy in the area of yeah. 15, 16 barbershops. So my stock just went like that. I went just like upright with it and I grew this guy's business who was an asshole <laughs> um, and he made me just deal it. Like when you get in here, because I told him like I showed him my books. He's like, hey, I'm making this much money every week. I can bring these clients to you. You know, what can you give me in return when I mm. get there? 
and it was this trade off and I held up my end of the bargain and I made his barbershop go from me and him to like seven barbers working there Wow! and I managed the whole thing to the point that he would just chill out all day and he'd be pissed off that all the clients would come in and wait on me mm. and at this point I'm realising hey you have something here kid like you're pretty good at this shit yeah. and I was like you know what from running this barbershop underneath no stress I figured out what it takes to be able to run a barbershop but this is not the shop I want to run so uh, after the guy fucked me off with the not giving me what I agreed upon to start, I was like, right, I'm gonna go and um, I'm gonna leave this business. I'm not into this anymore. It was just like a whole. I had this break period. Like I had my own business. I closed it down. I made an agreement with the guy. He cro- he chopped me up. He did some some bad shit. I was like, I'm leaving this shit. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go back to college. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm young enough. I can go do that. And then I I left that week and it was on a Wednesday and I was going up to my mates on the, on the weekend on the Friday and I got a phone call from this very well-known barbershop and academy. I was like, hey, we heard you finished the barbering. We want you to come back and cut some hair here. I was like, nah, not interested. And he goes, how's 1,500 euro a week sound? I'm like, like, I'm mm. very interested. <laughs> <laughs> How Sounds does tomorrow good sound? <laughs> so I wheeled the car around and came back and met with the guy. Hold on, but you were going to go back to college. Yeah. What were you going to study? I had no idea. Okay. I was just in like... You just wanted out. I just wanted out. I was like, I... I grafted from 14 to like whatever, I was like really 20 at this point. Yeah, I was 20 at this point. I'd been like, this is just not working. Mm. And everywhere I turn, I'm either doing it to myself wrong or, or these people someone's are, doing yeah. it wrong. So I'd rather just get out of this cutthroat industry. Yeah. <laughs> that was it, you know? So um, when he offered me this lifeline, it was someone that he knew, that my dad knew, that I had respect for. He built some really good businesses and, and I looked up to the guy. So I was like, yeah, I'm in. So I, I came back and I, st- I learned from the guy. He gave me the freedom to do whatever I wanted. I had my tips, I had commissions, I was making really good money. And I was working in another town, which was a slightly bigger town, further away. Slightly bigger <laughs> town. <laughs> another <laughs> hundred people. Another hundred people. Marginally. <laughs> a bit more. So um, what happened was, he had another barbershop and, and salon in the area where I was previously working in. And what I started doing was, because my clients were coming to my new location from like a 40-minute distance, I started going and cutting hair in his place in the evenings. So I got into this crazy workflow from like for like nine months of... Turning up to this joint, cutting hair in his own place from like 8 o'clock in the morning till 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock in the evening. I teach two days in the academy from half 7 in the evening till 9 o'clock at night. And then between those time slots, for nine months straight with no days off, I just went from bed to work, bed to wow. work, bed to work. Going to this location in, in the previous place, going to the new, pl- the new place, going to the academy. And it started off with like cutting hair from 7 o'clock in the evening until 9 o'clock at night. And then it became 10 o'clock. And then it became 1 and 2 o'clock in the morning. And it was constantly people there. And the time the haircuts were 10 euro. And I was charging 15 euro. Because I was just like, if I'm going to be doing this, I'm going to get paid for it. Yeah. And it just started, the queues just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, I was like, and this is men wow. or men and women? This was, this was men mainly. But I had some female clients as well. So I was like, right, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready for this shit. And like the, the, the grit was there. It was like... And I'd saved up a, a war chest as well, at like 20 grand, which was like, back then, it was like... A decent It was a decent war yeah, chest, of yeah. So I remember uh, my parents were very proud of me at this point. I was, uh, was going to ask that question. So I was going to ask that question. Now they, now they understand question. what you do. They yeah, I was, the, I was kind of the black sheep because I was, I was bad in school and I was doing this and I was doing that. I was a black sheep. And um, I remember going bathroom with a signed lease. It was like a two-story building. I took on a two-story building. Yeah. Um, two floors. I had like this big crazy ambition. I'd draw sketches drawn out and like pads, flicking over the pads. And this is what it is. This is what it is. And they're like, oh, this sounds like a really good idea, Mark. Who are you going to do it with? I was like, ah, oh, well, actually, I got a lease. Huh? 
you got a lease. Why are you going to do about your other job? It's gone. I quit today. Wow. <laughs> it's like, when's this lease start? It's like, in two weeks. I'm starting <laughs> building it tomorrow. No, you're not. I was like, I am. So they're like, if you're going to go down and this, do this whole thing again and like go down this road of work with yourself, we know how it turned the last time. If you're going to go down this road, we can't support you now because we don't know the way it's going to go. So they kicked me out of the gaff, the house I was staying in, and I actually moved into the barber shop. Wow. It was a building site. I remember like taking my budget to go and buy um, furniture, ovens, cookers, all that shit that would make up a little apartment about this size. And I put it into one of the little office rooms that I had. And I cried my eyes out for the first night. And then I was like, I'm ready. Going to, I'm going to war on this shit. Mm. Yeah. That was it. I made a deal with, with myself and I just never backed out of it. Opened up the barbershop after two weeks. Pool table, sick ass joint. Like, it was sick. And I remember like not having social media. Then. Like, I, was, I was building my own personal social media, like 1,800 followers, which back then was okay. But I was like, you know what? I need to use something to get people in the door. So I, opened, I thought it was going to be this whole like rush to get in. But nobody fucking knew I was open. Mm. So I was like, right, I'm going to start using Snapchat and Instagram. So I was like, right. What's up, guys? This is Mark here from Notorious Barbers. We're open nine to seven. You grow it, we'll mow it. Come on in, whatever. It was just this whole thing, and the first video went, went viral, and all these all these people started lined up outside this door. And it was just me on my own in the barber shop, and um, it went from like no one for two weeks to eight hour queues, eight wow. hour lines. They used to line down the stairs onto the street, and I was like, whoa, I've only two of these. Yeah, only two hands. How how many heads can I get through? And I was doing sixteen hours a day. I was waking up in the barber shop go down to the gym, wash myself, and then I go and, and cut hair for the day, go to the gym again and wash myself, and then go to bed. Wow. And that was it. So um, I realized that I had to start training people, and I started hiring guys first, trying to hire people, but everyone came in with this wrong attitude of like, I've been cutting hair for 10 years, who are you to tell me? You're 20 years of age. And I was like, go fuck yourself. Well, We're you're not like, people. I'm, you I'm the one with there. the double story uh, place, what about you? I was a little bit of a dick show in competition yeah. by times, because I was, was older, you know what I mean? And yeah. guys was like kind of looking down their nose at me a little bit. So um, I actually, I end up saying to these, these guys that are my clients, being like, hey, you look after yourself, you're into your hair, have you interested in doing, doing barbering? I'm like, yeah, I would, I'd love to, I never thought you'd ask me. So I started training these guys that are my clients, and all of a sudden we had six guys working in there, seven, eight guys working in there. And, and these were also people which potentially would never have thought about a career like this. Never ever thought of it. But all of a sudden, there was this kid who just like blown up the space out and over. And because I was so busy, I started being like the first person in Ireland taking appointments. So we started taking appointments because I was between the times of cutting hair in the barbershop and going home in the evenings and managing all these messages. Mm. People, hey, are you in tomorrow? If I come at four o'clock tomorrow, do you think you'll fit me in? Fuck off and show up. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to be like. I can't tell the future. Yeah. So I started like working with these booking apps and I started taking appointments. And all of a sudden, I had money in the bank for like weeks and weeks and months on end. I was booked out for months at a time. It was your sales pipeline. Absolutely. Basically. Pipeline. Yeah. I had filled a full pipeline for it. And at this time, because of the name that we were building, people were now taking flights from the UK and stuff to come into Ireland. Wow. A guy flew from Arkansas and the US Just to stop off to my barbershop. Um, I used to do that. So when I lived in the UK, I could not find a good place to get my hair cut. I would fly either to Bahrain or back to Australia for my haircut. Can you ask you the question why you did that? Why? Yeah. Because it's your hair. And because you trust mm. them. It's your hair, man. It's your Interesting. face. Interesting. It's your face. It's, it's the experience. It's the knowing that it's all the comfort. Of it. yeah. All of it. Like, I, like if I, with my hairdressers, <laughs> clearly I don't have one right now, um, but Hint I would literally walk in. No, <laughs> but, yourself a new client. No, but just, just acknowledging that the, the, the look is not quite right at the moment. But I used to sit in the chair and it's like, what do you want to do? I go, whatever you want. 
Yeah. That's that was the level of trust. When you find the right one, that's it. But I would fly home. But also as well, like I feel like you open up to barbers or hairdressers. Oh, they when, knew you, when, when you're sat in that chair and you've got those like scissors like right next to your neck. <laughs> like, shit I have heard. I'm gonna say <laughs> it's the same with taxi drivers apparently. Yeah. You know, yeah. people people open up because you're kind of like a stranger, but not if that makes sense. Yeah. Like you, there's an element of like trust and Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean you're in someone's personal space. I'm of touching course. your hair. Yeah. Like where I'm, with scissors I'm, I'm and razors. And you. I'm resting my, my nuts on your elbow by times. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're we're in some shit, right? And all of a sudden it's like this outlet of I trust this guy with my hair and yeah. if I was to describe you the first thing you describe well she's a long dark haired uh, dark haired girl you know yep. that's the first thing you want to describe hair. and you're going to describe he's, he's a guy with a beard you yeah. know tall guy with a beard so yeah. the first thing you describe is the hair so yeah. you're in a very personal space with somebody when they're trusting you with that interesting and one good haircut can either make yeah. or break your life yeah for, for and, two weeks. and let's go the and let's go the other way and one bad haircut oh god yeah horrific horrific, horrific. we've all been there oh. we've all been there my True. mother did it to me. No, anyway. Our, all of our mothers have done it to oh, us. <laughs> she thought she was good. <laughs> so then what happened, uh, what happened in between from you, obviously, from that and then to where you are today in Dubai? Because you've, you've only just recently got here. I have. Kind of. Yeah. So, so the business boomed. You, your yeah. clients became your barbers. You guys created something awesome, had the time of your life. And people from Arkansas night, literally stopped off on the way to wherever. And people Arkansas came over and you had a pipeline that just went on for months. You were doing great. What happened next? I ended up scaling my barbershops um, to six locations. Wow. Right? Inside of every six months, I open a location. And every, during that period, I'd open up a barbershop and an academy because that would be the feeder mechanism for the next barbershop. Okay. And all of a sudden, I realized I had this license to print cash. Mm. I was making money hand over fist. And I was just like, what the fuck do I do with all this? So the, the next thing is just open the next one, open mm. the next one. And I realized after building these brands and all these you know, companies in the, in the barbering space is now taking off. It's in flight, it's in motion. And mm. it's just like a, a vacuum effect. Yeah. All these people are trying to get involved in it. Did you feel like you were still in control of it or that, at that point? It, was was just, it had its life of itself. I, I, was, I was a passionate. I was like white knuckle yeah. holding on to that bitch. That's the way it was. It was just, yeah. I was strapped in. Because that machine was going. It was going. Yeah. And I realized then because my stock, my own personal stock had arisen as the guy who was, at the time I was known as Notorious. Notorious Barbers was my brand. Yeah. I was the Notorious Barber. Got, and yeah. I would go to these shows and people would be like, that's the guy, he's the guy, he's the guy, you know? And they wouldn't know my name. they just know me as Notorious. Notorious. Yeah. So I really became this notorious figure in the space for building brands. And after like putting six barbershops and six academies in, I realized that all these brands are coming to me, asking me to sell their products and like they wanted to pay me to sell their products or in, introduce it into the, into the space. So I started consulting for um, a company called Booksy. When I met Booksy, they were a, a three-person startup in Eastbourne in London. Now okay. they're worth 950 million and they're on the way to a float. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so I started consulting with those guys and there's a really funny story behind that. I'm going to mm. introduce you guys to the guys in Booksy. It wasn't mm. meant to be called Booksy before. It's a really, really funny story. But... Um, I started working with, with brands like that and they started taking me to these shows to speak for, for their, you know, their, their exhibition in yep. wherever, London or Paris. I was like, hey, could you come and speak about the, how you've built your business using our product? Yeah. I was like, cool, I'm there. So I realized very fast on that I was really good at this. Like because the, the sales element came in. I was back selling. Mm. Yeah. I was back selling. I was like, and also Whoa. something you were passionate about. I was passionate about. Yeah. This, this had really changed my life, you know? And it changed my people's life. I had like 30 employees at this point weren't working behind me and they were managing my stuff while I was away and I could just be like, you know, how, how has this affected my life? Well, my barbershops, there's guys back home, they're yeah. booked out. It's a Friday, right? We're doing 16 haircuts uh, a moment uh, per person and we have 30 guys working there. We're charging 25 euro a haircut and I can check up on the whole thing here on my phone. Flip phone. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I, I'd show that. A Motorola? Like, yeah, a Motorola flip phone was a razor. So they, um, I'd show them that and be like, oh. And from that, it just started snowballing. So I start getting more speaking gigs with people that tell me like, could you start working with this brand and this brand and how have we paid you to actually take some pictures on our social media using our products? And I realized I was just a guinea pig for these products. Like the, I was just, I was another, another cog in the wheel, you know? Yeah. I was like, you know, the real, the real game here is if I actually start buying these products off them and yeah. importing them into Ireland or importing into Europe and the European products because the markets were separate. Like the stuff that's taken off in Europe would eventually take off in the US. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the stuff in the US would, you know. Yeah. So I, I just became the middleman buying and selling the products from different places and importing from the US into Europe and vice versa. And I started making, again, money hand over fist. And I was into a whole new realm of, I like this business shit. Yeah. And the more of this that happened, I started focusing on the business thing and stopped focusing as much on the daily cutting here in my barbershops. And the barbershops then became uh, a weight to me because I had to look after these barbershops when I was away and then you're managing egos and how comes we're not doing these shows? Yeah. How comes, you know, we're not, I'm notorious barbers and you're, I'm here on the floor and you're not here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had this whole like... Bumping heads. Bumping heads. And I was like, I wanted to, to build these barbershops because it's what I felt was the next step for me but I just got sucked in this trajectory of what I deemed what other people deemed to be like the epitome of success multiple of everything you know excessive yeah. of everything and I just got dragged down this hole where I said you know what I really like traveling I'm young I like being on stages I like speaking the bigger the crowd the more my energy is there the more confident I get the bigger and badder bolder I become and I like what the people I'm meeting at these shows and business is just this new shiny thing that has been staring me in my face the whole time I was never ending game Hmm. and for me like I always have myself as like this like dummy like how far can I push this motherfucker how, like what else can I get him to do and I'd done barbering I'd like, I was like ah, completely mate that was my whole thing I was like I'm one of the best in the world yeah you know, you've I'm accomplished one best, that I'm one of the best in the world of what I do I was I was doing my tours with musicians and artists and cutting people for 250 euro a haircut and it was, it was just everything I could have done I'd done it and I was just what now? It's like the gold yeah. medal syndrome, you know. Yeah. Which which have won the Olympics? Is that yeah. what you, what, what's next? It's feeling mm. empty after, yeah. and that's what I felt. And it's like there has to be more game to this. So I started going further down this rabbit hole with with the import export. I started speaking more events. I started getting booked out for tours to teach people how to grow their brands and stuff like that. And I ended up falling in love with one brand. It was a startup brand. It was a gritty young brand. I was like, I want to get involved in this. So I started importing into into Europe, and I built it up to a certain level. I just signed a deal uh, for 30 grand a month into Spain where I was going to make about 15 to 20 grand a month off this deal. It's like, pigs back. How many more countries can I get like this? Yeah. And the dude realized what I was after. Actually, he didn't think I'd get the deal done. I wrapped it up, done. And he chopped me out of the deal. I had no paperwork done that. And I was like, oh, you motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ah, that, it's not going to get you now. Mm. But, but it will bitch. come back. Karen's yeah. a bitch and it's going to bite you, man. I'm, I'm just going to say thanks for showing yourself because mm. I didn't see you before like that. But now I've seen you there. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm very grateful when things like that happens because it sets me in a different path. Oh, then. you grow. You grow. So and everything much. happens for a reason. You learn from that. Absolutely. You'll never do it again. Well, I have a tattoo, man. It goes around, comes around. Ah, you know cool. I mean? Yeah. So like um, <laughs> I'm a big believer in karma and stuff like that. And the way things have happened for me, yeah. I never go into anything with expectations of people anymore. I never expect, whether it be a relationship, whether it's a business thing, whether it's what way today is going to be, I wake up the exact same way with no expectation of what's going to happen. And that way I'm able to manage my emotions and keep yeah. them. It's a very good mindset. Yeah, it just keeps me neutral the whole time. Mm. Is that sometimes maybe good, it's sometimes maybe shit. <laughs> True. <laughs> you know? I'm in the middle, I'm happy. So, um, yeah, I just started scaling brands then after that and started working on more brands. 
And after a while of just sticking to education, speaking at events, I got approached by a company in, in Connecticut. And the brand at the time, I'm not going to mention its name, was they were the all-stars. They actually had a team called the Celebrity Barber Team. Okay. Right? They were the all-stars of, of a who's who. They were cutting Travis Scott, Pete Diddy, like all these American yeah. artists. Their, their, their barbers were like the best barbers in the world. Like they could do everything. And had all these like action figure names like Mr. Official, A Rod, Los Cut It. There was all this like, whoa, I want to be one of them. I'm, I'm notorious, you know, pick me. Yeah. I could fit in there. And we did a show together in Moscow with two of, uh, two of the barbers and we just clicked. You okay. know, they're like, hey, you're really good at what you do. And I was like, yeah, you guys are the best at what you do. I was like, but we haven't got the skills that you have. Do you ever think of working with our brand? And I was like, whatever, let's see what happens in the future. So I was at this show and I ended up bumping into my partner, my now partner, Jay. And um, he's like, hey, buddy, my guys really like you and they think you're really good at what you do. How about you come work with our brand? I was like, yeah, I'm interested. So how do we work it out? And he goes, we'd have to move out to the US. And I was, well, I was actually planning on moving out to the US anyway. I'd kind of maxed out Ireland and mm. Europe, what I was doing out there. And this is my next market. He's like, how soon can you get out here? I was like, how about two weeks? So I kept my barbershops back home, chopped off a couple of them, sold some of them, and just like was sitting there with a, a war chest of cash, but I didn't tell anyone that I'd done that, that I had sold some of them. Yeah. And I closed down the ones that were kind of leaking out cash as well. So I'm down, I was down to like three barbershops at this point and three academies. And I had my import-export business flying along in the background. And um, I just moved out to, to Chicago. I meant to move to LA. I ended up moving to Chicago with, with the guys because that's where the headquarters were. I wanted yep. to be close to headquarters. To build this like barbershop. Like, I, I'd, been, I'd been the guy preaching, you can make money anywhere in the world. Let's make a difference where you are. So this is a great reset for me because I built this amazing clientele in Europe, but I had no clientele in the US. Yep. So I was like, oh, here's another challenge. I get to do this again. And I constantly, that's the kind of a team in mm. my life a little bit you're going to see that a small bit uh, is I like just kind of breaking it down starting from scratch and going again and how, how can I rebuild it and I went into this barbershop and there was no one it was a second story it was an amazing looking place but it was two floors up off the main street so you weren't getting foot traffic at all so I developed this theory of who has my money so I built, I built this fictitious person of who my ideal client was who was going to pay me because I wasn't coming in with like $50 a haircut I was like I'm coming in here at 250 that's where I'm starting out with this. And everyone else in, in Chicago is at $60. It's like, I'm charging two fifty. He's like, I don't think you should. I was like, I'm charging two fucking fifty. That's where I'm not, It's not going to dilute your brand. <laughs> nah, you work bloody hard this. for like, it. If I start being that guy who's like trying to like do this in the street and like get people in for 60 quid, everything I've kind of said in the background is bullshit. And a lot of things will not a liar. Well, that's yeah. the thing. If you, you, you've worked hard for it. Yeah. If you go down to 60, then that means you don't believe you're 250. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, you're, you're shooting it's a yourself. a no-brainer. Yeah, exactly. So I went from... Um, I went from charging about 250, from whatever it was, 250 euro haircut in Ireland to charging 250 with no clients over here, no reputation, no nothing. And I started like hanging outside Gucci. I started approaching people in the street. I started handing out business cards. When's the last time you got approached by a guy with a business card saying he was a barber? Uh, never. Never, right? No, never. So I'd walk up and be like, oh, you're, dri you're driving a nice car and you're nice shoes, stuff like that. You probably like, you look, you look, like to look at yourself. Like, but your What's hair up, is Mark? Yeah. <laughs> What's up? I'm Mark. I'm a, I'm a barber here. I just moved to Chicago. Here's my Instagram. You can check out some of my work here. I have this business card here as well. You can actually, the booking link is on it if you want to book in. I'm just new here. Uh, my haircuts are this price because I'm really fucking good at what I do. And you look like you care about barbers and you care about your looks. So I'd love to be able to like, have you in my seat sometime. Mm. Amazing. All of a sudden, I went from $1,500 the first week. I was only like six haircuts to about five, six grand a week I was making inside wow. a three-week period. And I was like, I did it again. I did it again. I, I can keep doing this. I wonder how far I can get with this. 
So I started I started doing this and doing this and doing this and I started developing out this whole idea of who has my money, how do I build this clientele, how do I more like sales hacks I was giving to people. Because barbers and, and, and I think small business owners in general can sometimes be very ignorant. Mm. They think I have this business now. I expect people to people come to, to me. Come. Yeah. That is not how the cookie grumbles, you yeah. know? They're actually your friends are the people your friends are people who are not gonna pay two fifty for a fucking haircut. Yeah. Let me tell you that. And they're the ones that want it for free. <laughs> they're the ones who want it for free. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you're doing so well, you know, you're gonna charge me this. Yeah. yeah. Well, you don't support me like that. Mm. So yeah, I um long story short with this, where it's going, things are going really well. And three months into the US, things are booming. I'm on tours again with, with, with artists, making money hand over fist. I'm getting ready to actually buy into the brand, the barbershop that I was in, and, and start buying like up locations with them. Things are moving great. I moved back to Ireland, and I tried to come back too soon on a, on a different visa, and they end up uh, locking me out of Ireland, locking me out of the US. They catch me at the on the, on the way back over at the pre-clearance. I was like, "What are you doing in our country? You're working on this visa and this visa. Which one are you?" They say you're banned from the country. Wow. Peg me back to square one. I'm back in Ireland. What the fuck am I gonna do? It's depressed for like two weeks, and I was like, huh, "I'll do it again." I go back to Ireland. I'm going to build this again. I'm going to start back here. It's easy. I have, I have a foothold. And inside that period, um, I was speaking to the guys in the US, and they're like, "Hey, we need to get away from this brand we're working with. Um, we're not, we're not, you know, we're not happy with what we're, what's going on here. And we really want you to be part of this brand that has built this with us. We're going to build our, our own brand." And I was like, "Yes, that means all the connections I have in Europe yeah. can be brought into this over here." And over this period of the pandemic and over the period of everything that happened during uh, the lockdowns, we closed down the brand that these guys had been working with, who they had built to be the brand, like the, the premier brand in the space. And we developed our own one. And it was the most gutsiest thing I've ever seen a, a team of guys do because they literally went, we, we literally went from zero revenue. It was, it was one thing being scary for me as an investor, throwing throw money in yeah. and throwing my name on the line, all that sort of stuff. But these guys had spent eight years building a brand from one product to 96 products wow right imagine that doing you know eight figures in sales it's like hey we're going to chop this thing off your life is built around that so they said hey you're over in ireland you're, we're over here let's go at this thing let's just give it a bash and that for me was like we're back in something this this is it you know and we got so behind them like i never seen a movement like it. i remember we locked ourselves in an, an apartment in madrid for two weeks during, during the covid thing and we couldn't get out we couldn't do anywhere the whole city was locked down and we're in there with products and equipment and chemicals, like scientists trying to like make up these products. We're trying to find these factories where they're being made, this, that, and the other. And we end up going and visiting all these factories. We started with the brand and we didn't tell them the track record. We went in just blacked out, mm. no faces. We Whatever our history was, you don't know about it, to see what way they treat us from, from the get-go. And the products that we were like asking for, they're like, oh, there's a brand in the US that's something very similar to this. And we're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we couldn't say that, right? So... Um, Eventually, we found a brand, a, a factory that really suited what we were doing, and they, they, they bought into us. And we kind of let the doors loose, and like, hey, the stuff that you were advertising that you can do stuff yeah. like, that's our stuff. That was our stuff. Nice. So they're like, right, um, let's go to war on this. Nice. So we launched a brand in, it's called Level 3, because there were three original brothers who started the project. Yeah. And myself and Aero were the two new guys coming in, and that was the next level. So we call it Level 3, Level 3 Pro. And we launched the brand, and. Um, it's been going amazing since we're now in 40 countries around the world. Wow. Um, we're just opening up the Middle East here. That's why I'm here. So that's why you're that's here. Okay, sorry, and that brought you here. <laughs> I, um, I run the European operations for the company. And I also now be running the Middle Eastern operations for the company. 
So it makes more sense to me to be based out here, so I can mm. tap into Europe with three hour time difference. Yeah, compares to me well, being welcome to the Middle East. And then that's how you yeah. met Ryan. Then so you, oh, Beauty World, I think Beauty World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that is that where it was? Because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like, this 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 is a great place to wrap wrap the story up of how did you actually meet Ryan? It's a perfect way to go back. Yeah. So I was doing the show. Uh, we're doing Dubai Beauty World in October, right? And we our shows are very energetic. They're extremely energetic and things happen. I think at these that shows. sounds like an understatement. Yeah. There's people's head gets shaved. I'm not talking like that. They actually sign up for that at the start, but we shave people's head. We do dance offs. We do, we disrupt things is the best way to do it. And uh, we just create a lot of fuss. And Ryan just happened to be the guy managing all of our fuss that we're creating. And we made it really, really hard for him. We made it really difficult for him. And he loved it. <laughs> and there was this one piece where I was, I was video, I, I, we stream and, and do stuff on our, our Instagram. And I, I caught a picture of Ryan. I was like, shit, that dude looks like Ed Sheeran. And I got like 90 or 100 reactions. And I started going around the backstage where Ryan was operating. He's like, hey, did you put me on your Instagram? I'm, like, I'm Ed Sheeran. <laughs> <laughs> so that was his claim to fame. And after that, we stayed, we stayed in contact. And nice. we, we always meet some great people at these shows. And Ryan was one of the, the great people who just, whatever we wanted to do, he was like, yeah, let, let them do it. And pushed them to let us be wild and wonderful. And we did a bit of that. Nice. And when's the next show? If anyone wanted to see you, where, where can we see you next? We just finished a tour in Europe. We just did Italy, uh, Spain, and London. And it was fantastic. We have 26 more events on for the rest of the year around the world. And yeah. uh, we just got back. The guys just got back from CT Expo in Connecticut. We have Orlando premiere this weekend coming in uh, Orlando, obviously. And then we have... We're here actually in the Middle East in October again. Yeah. Actually, we'll be here before that. We're doing our launch event in July. We're actually bringing our product to official launch here in July. And then we have Dubai Beauty World in yeah. October. Nice. Uh, Exciting. Lots of activity, yeah. Lots. Exciting. Keeps on our toes. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, no, because there's, 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 there's no point of saying what's next because no, it's, constantly, what it is, yeah. it's constantly what's talking. next. <laughs> I'll keep going. We're gonna we're gonna get you in for season three. I want to continue. We'll get this you back. One. We'll get you back. Oh, what a what an awesome awesome story. Well, great story. Really, no, really thank you. Here. It was awesome. We're looking forward we'll to keep, seeing more success. Yeah, we'll keep an eye out in July. Hi, I'm Lily, and I'm Dan. We are the Loaded.